Welcome to the Surveysia podcast, where you'll hear conversations about sharing the good news of Jesus, East Asia, its people, and how you might fit in. This is the first episode of the Unexpected series. In this series, we'll be chatting to a number of people about how the ideas they had about serving Jesus didn't quite turn out as they expected. We'll see how even the best made plans, made with the best of intentions, can go awry. And yet, how, in the midst of all this, God is at work. Jesus is shepherding his people and bringing about his purposes in the world and in the life of the individual. We hope that you will enjoy it, learn from it, and be encouraged by it. So, let's get on with meeting our first guest on the Unexpected series. morning to our guest who is Sarah Charles today joining us from Huddersfield in the north of England. Sarah how are you doing this morning? Hi I'm doing great thanks. Good. By way of introduction to our listeners I just want to ask you a few questions so you can get a little idea of, of who we're talking to today. So if you could tell us a little bit about yeah what, what you're up to uh, who else is around Hi, sure. Yes, I'm married to Jared, and we have two lovely children, Anna, who's 19, and Matthew, who's 16. And we also seem to have random friends of Anna's around. <laughs> Great stuff. And a few quick fire questions for you. These are sort of unprepared, so I hope you're ready. What would be your favorite takeaway? You fancy a night off cooking. What's the takeaway going to be, Sarah? Well, Jared does most of the cooking, so that's quite a hard one. I think anything that involves salad. Oh, really? Yeah. Great. And heading off for a holiday, that's the thing that's becoming possible again. Um, what do you want to do? Do you want to relax by the beach or are you more of a sightseeing kind of holiday person? I do love being by the sea, but I'm not very good at kind of lying around on a beach very long. So a walk by the sea was probably the perfect option. Brilliant. And finally, um, when it comes to sort of stories and entertainment, do you, would you rather read the book or wait for the movie? Oh, definitely read the book. Uh, which leads us on uh, to one more question a little bit about getting to know you, Sarah. Uh, could you share a particular Christian book or maybe a, a song that is, is currently bringing you encouragement that you've been enjoying recently? Yeah, I've recently finished a book called Covered Glory mm. by Audrey Frank, which I found very moving and very challenging. So it's all stories of women in the Bible and women in the world who struggled with shame oh. and how really all of us long to be known and how we all need a saviour. So I highly recommend that. Fantastic. Covered Glory. Yes. Great. We'll put a link uh, to that book in the notes for this podcast so you can go and check it out. It's great. always great to have a good book recommendation. Thank you, Sarah. So, Sarah, you're currently living in Huddersfield, but I know uh, that hasn't always been the case. I think if we were sort of having this conversation 10 years or so ago, you'd have been somewhere completely different. Um, now, I know that there's some sort of security issues around what you can tell us, but I wonder if you could share a little bit 
about uh, what you were up to then uh, and how different life life was. Sure. So we moved to East Asia in 2002 when Anna was a cute one-year-old. <laughs> uh, we lived in a big city learning language and culture for a few years. And then we moved to another city when Anna was five and then Matthew was about two. And it was a fascinating city. You know, many people there who are followers of Islam and we longed that our Muslim friends and neighbors would be able to learn more about Jesus. Mm. Uh, I was teaching full time in an international school to provide our visa. And Jared had started studying a PhD part time, as well as having a leadership position. So during school half terms and holidays, we would travel as a family to visit different teams and seek to encourage them in their ministry. Wow, uh, a fascinating and yeah, I, I imagine a hugely different uh, life to kind of everyday life now. I wonder, could you share a little bit, how, how does that happen? How do you end up, as you say, with a, with a, quick, a cute one-year-old daughter, uh, a loving husband, how do you decide to, to kind of up sticks uh, and move uh, to a completely different place, a massive city, in a far-off land. Uh, yeah, how does that come about? Yeah, well, it's a really good story, but uh, the brief version is <laughs> when Jared and I got married, we knew we'd be involved in sharing the gospel somewhere. We just didn't know where. And that year, God brought some East Asian friends to our small church in Dundee. And through those friendships, God grew a desire to go to East Asia ourselves and to share the gospel with those who'd have no chance of hearing otherwise. Mm. And we knew learning the language and culture would take a lot of time and effort. So we were prepared to stay for as long as God wanted us to stay. Mm. Wow, a big, a big change. Uh, and great how, yeah, we, we don't always know exactly what's going to happen. You didn't sort of grow up thinking East Asia is, is the place for us, but just through friends and, and people you meet and uh, just start, discovering maybe this is is what God has uh, for our life um, and in that upheaval in that heading out in perhaps that living in a, in a foreign land surrounded as you say by, by people with a, a different outlook on life a, a, a different uh, worldview and, and religious background um, what did you learn about God if there was one big thing that you think this is what I learned about about God in that time could you could you summarize something for us I learned that his timing and his ways are not the same as mine. And I love to have it all set out and sorted. And uh, that's not the case always. And yet in his love um, and patience with his children, he made it very clear for us each time we were due to make a big decision or a big move. He confirmed it very clearly. Hmm. Amazing. Yeah, it can be a, it can be a humbling experience, can't it? To yeah, just to see we we have these plans, we we make these ideas, and sometimes things seem so certain or very uncertain, and and how God moves in those in those ways can be really challenging. And I yeah, I can only imagine what yeah going through that process of move, moving a family definitely going to be one of those times. So that is that's fantastic. But then in 2012, uh, you said that you were you were prepared to be out there as as long as as long as it took. 
um, but perhaps, you know, the, the rest of your working lives, perhaps. But in 2012, uh, you found yourself back in the UK and things began to, to change for you in terms of, of what was next. I wonder how did it come about that you, that you were back and how, how did things unfold with not heading and, and staying where you expected to be for, for a really long time? Well, we were due back for home assignment that summer. So for a time to reconnect with our supporters and friends and family before returning to East Asia. Well, that was the plan. However, it turned out that that wasn't God's plan. And I was suffering from burnout. And we also had several bereavements. So Jared's mum had died the previous year. And then his dad died three months after we got back. And then my dad was diagnosed with terminal cancer three months after that. And he died the following summer. So that year turned into a much longer time back in the UK. Jared and I both needed counselling. And we felt strongly we needed to be in the UK to support my mum as both my brothers were living overseas then. Well, so again, as, as you said earlier, just... Our plans, <laughs> things that can seem so certain, can really be turned on their, on their heads. Mm. And losing loved ones, having bereavements in the family in and of itself can be a really challenging time. But I suppose coupled them with just this big upheaval of, as you say, you came back from East Asia. It was meant to be for a year. You were looking forward to, to returning to the ministry that, that you were involved in heading back to people that you had great relationships with and loved. If it's, if it's easy, <laughs> this might take someone back. It might be an impossible question to answer. But what was the hardest thing in, in all of that? What was, what was really challenging and difficult about that time? I think there were lots of different levels. Um, but I think the hardest part, to be honest, was... Probably the, the sense that we had that our 10 years in East Asia had been a waste of time. Hmm. And that's how, well, that's how it felt to us. And that it had been very costly for our family. And actually, was it all worth it? Hmm. I think in small ways, I think lots of people have had those similar experiences. You pour your heart and soul into things, you, you, you put in effort, you're praying for people, you love people, you, you make friendships, you invest in, in ministry and time and effort. Yeah, and to look and when things don't go to plan and you think, well, well why? Um, what, did I, what did I do wrong? How, how did this, how is it that, that this is the result? Um, and as you say, particularly the cost to those around you, those you took with you, even those you left behind. Yeah, was it worth it? Why has it happened like that? And as you reflect on that challenge, on that difficulty, on that question, is, was it worth it? Why, why has this happened? What, what truth about the Lord Jesus was a particular comfort in that time? Was there, was there part of the Bible or something that uh, people often find they just keep coming back uh, to, a similar, to a similar topic or a similar idea? Uh, was there something like that for you, Sarah? Uh, actually, I found everything I thought I knew about Jesus was challenged. So actually, I found I questioned everything I knew about Jesus because nothing seemed to fit neatly anymore. 
yeah. everything was a bit messy. So I had to go back to basics and I had to rediscover who I am in Christ. And I had to really learn through painful experience that he does walk with us in the valley of the shadow of death. And it was a slow, painful journey of restoration over several years. Mm. There was one particular Bible verse, though, that seemed to keep coming up, and that's Psalm 68, verse 19, which in the Amplified reads, Blessed be the Lord who bears our burdens and carries us day by day. And that verse became very precious to me. Thank you for, for sharing that, Sarah. Um, and I appreciate, yeah, sometimes kind of reliving, reliving these challenging moments can in themselves uh, be challenging. But I think as, as Paul, my, my boss, and in fact, sort of your boss, he, he loves to say, he's got this phrase, isn't he? Um, good, good ideas can take tough questions. I don't know if you've heard him say that before. And I think it's one of the great things about the Christian faith, um, because it's true, because it's solid, because Jesus is, is dependable, even when everything we think we know is challenged, even when we realize the neat little boxes that we have for ideas and how life following Jesus works, even when those things are, are shaken and mixed up and everything is turned on its head. Um, yeah, there's the testimony of so many to say, but, but, but I found that, that God is faithful. Um, and as you say, he's the one who bears, bears with us um, and carries us. That is a great, a great truth. So beyond that time of reflection, those times of, of reading and coming back to that psalm, I suppose that the, the obvious community of, of the Christian believer with Christ, how were people, um, your, your earthly relationships, um, how, how important were, were your relationships here uh, in that time? Are, are there any that you can think of that particularly striking or helpful or encouraging? through this yeah again as I look back through my journals there are certain key names that keep coming up so I'm really grateful for the loving care of different people that God provided along the way and sometimes that would be a prayer partner who was still in East Asia or sometimes it was a new friend that I'd made recently or sometimes it was just people within uh, the OMF or my church community what did you think was going to happen next? So these things kind of they unfolded over time, as you've explained that that in some ways one hard thing came came after another, um, from both being worn out, burnt out, um, struggling in, in those ways, and then as you said, a series of bereavements and, and family illness. What did you what did you see? <laughs> I guess, in the future, when you had opportunity to look beyond the immediate, the day-to-day, -day, uh, what did you think was going to happen next? Well, there were many discussions going on in East Asia, in the UK. I think both of us considered resigning at various points. Um, I looked briefly at um, applying for teaching posts because I'm a primary teacher. Jared thought about giving up on his PhD. But after much discussion and prayer and advice from supporting churches, in the end, we both accepted new roles within OMF in the UK. Mm. And so 
I, I don't know if you can elaborate on this, but why? <laughs> what made you want to persist? The thing that you poured loads of effort into, I guess, is, as you've already said, that, that had dissipated. Um, you were left with this question of why did we do that? What made you want to persist with, with new OMF work? Why at that point did you not just say, okay, that's sort of normal or secular jobs, jobs beyond the mission world? Uh, what made you persist? If there's an answer to that question. Yeah, no easy answers. But I think we kept coming back to our original sense of call. And just, you know, soon after we got married, it was so clear God had called us to serve in OMF. And I think we both realized maybe the geography wasn't so vital. It was about serving God in OMF and whether that was here in the UK or in East Asia wasn't so important to God. The the important bit was whether we were committed to serving him. Hmm. And yeah, we felt that was still to be within OMF. Thank you. So the obvious question, Sarah, I suppose is, is well, what are you doing today? What does your role look like? And was it something that that was the obvious next step? Was it something that you'd perhaps thought about before you went? Uh, how did it come about that you're doing today what you're doing today? So we are currently the area representatives for OMF in the north of England. And when Jared did actually finally finish his PhD, seven years that took, that was a big celebration. We were then looking for different roles within OMF. And they were on different continents and they were all very different. And one of them was moving to the north of England to do this role we're doing now. But to be honest, neither of us really thought we'd end up doing it. But as we've learned many times over years of experience that God's ways are often different to ours. Hmm. And Jared's from the north uh, we really wanted to do a role we could share um, because we're very different, but we have complementary gifts. And also, we're passionate about blessing Muslims. And as you know, there are many in the north of England. So it wasn't an easy, straightforward decision because the other challenge, my mum lives in the south of England. So it's quite a distance in trying to care for her. But Again, God made it very clear, as he does so graciously. And so we moved up here in 2018. We would describe our role as to inspire and equip the church in mission across the street and across the world. Fantastic. So, Sarah, I get a, a good chance to, to work alongside you in, in my role. We're part of, of the same larger team within RMF UK. Uh, and I, I, one thing that I've seen as, as I've worked with you is it's, it's really clear that your, your heart for people in East Asia, for the places where you used to live, that heart has, has not gone. You still love those people. As you said earlier, your, your desire is, is still for them to, to learn more about who Jesus is. I wonder how, how do you see that still working out? How is that still part of your role, this desire to see East Asians hear about Jesus? How does that play out in a very different role? 
Well, one of the most rewarding things about this role is walking with people who are exploring God's call on their lives to go to East Asia themselves. And one of the lovely ways God confirmed we were in the right place and comforted us, I think, as we continue to process all our loss was that the first family we commissioned in the North was a family who wanted to go and work with the people we loved. Hmm. Uh, So that was really special. And at the same time, we have so many opportunities to do training events, uh, to share some of our experience with students, with churches. And also in our own church, we have a ministry for asylum seekers and Many of them are from Islamic backgrounds. So I I think personally that gives us real joy to be still involved ourselves with Muslim friends. Fantastic. One of the reasons that I wanted to have this conversation, Sarah, and trying to line up a a series of, of similar conversations is to really unpack this idea of sort of when things don't go to plan, when there is upheaval, when there is uncertainty. I think often the those we hear about who have worked in, in mission, who have gone overseas, we often read these, these old biographies of sort of giants of, of the faith as they end up being portrayed. And perhaps sometimes we get a very sanitized version of, of what things look like, that everything goes well and, and that they, they achieved all these great things. Um, but the reality is that those who choose to work cross-culturally, those who choose to be involved in, in mission and taking the good news of Jesus to others, they're, they're not superheroes. Uh, they're normal people uh, who live in a, in a fallen world full of upset and uncertainty. I wonder, in the midst of your own personal experience of such upheaval, uncertainty, plans vanishing in, into nothing um, and having to start all over again, again, that question, what have you learnt about the God that you follow, um, the God who you've learned about in the Bible, uh, who you've sought to, to serve with, with so much of, of your effort and energy and life. What do you think he's been teaching you as you've gone through the, these uncertain times? I think one thing that he's reminded me again and again is when I was in my 20s and uh, full of passion and I was ready to change the world, <laughs> I was well aware of my own weakness and that beautiful image kept coming back that we have this treasure in jars of clay and so often I've been very aware of my jar of clay and yet how lovely that we have this treasure and it's all about his strength working through our weakness. Uh, So I do, I keep coming back to that. And another thing I've been reading again recently Isaiah chapter 61, and it has these amazing verses for those who grieve that the Lord will bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And I love trees. So this next part is just such a lovely promise to me. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And an acorn takes a very long time to become an oak. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the very end of chapter 61, it has this verse. 
For as the soil makes the young plant come up, and as a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. So just that reminder, he's the one who brings us to maturity, and he's the one who's building his church for his glory among the nations. Thank you, Sarah. That's, that's really helpful, both that it is, it is his work and he's bringing about his purposes. But I think also that, that time, that time aspect, that, that picture of trees, which is so spread throughout God's word, isn't it? Trees are all over the place. There's pictures of what it's like to, to be a believer, to, to stand in the Lord. And I think we live in a, in a world of sort of um, TV on demand. And we live in a, in a world of super fast broadband. We live in a world of everything can be delivered to us tomorrow. We can cook a meal in two minutes in a microwave. You think we maybe don't always appreciate the time that might, things might take and that things might happen not on our own terms. We love an overnight success story and perhaps think that our Christian lives might be that. Maybe one day I'll wake up and everything will be sorted out. My sanctification will be we finished. But we know that's a future promise. And in the meantime, it is that gradual growing like a, like a tree from an acorn, um, weathering the various storms that come our way that, that produce the tree that, that we one day become. And so it's been, it's been really great to, to have this conversation. So I've really enjoyed it. Uh, it's been good to, to hear more. I hope those listening have found encouragement and fruit uh, as they face their own challenges and perhaps their own plans coming to nothing in their eyes and knowing that the Lord is bringing about his purposes. It is his work. Do you have for us anything else that you want to share? I always like to give people that we have on the podcast an opportunity to this kind of came up and you didn't ask a question about it or anything else that you'd like to share that you think would be an encouragement as you reflect on the last 10 or 15 years? Well, to stick with the gardening theme, Jesus tells us, doesn't he, that he's the vine and we are the branches and we can do nothing apart from him. And the times in my life I've tried to do things on my own, I've fallen flat and he's graciously picked me up and reminded me again to abide in him. What a great way to end, abide in him. Thank you again, Sarah, for taking this time to be with us on the Surveyor podcast. It's been great to chat. It's been good to hear from you. And as I say, wonderful to hear the things that you've learned and how your experiences have taught you to keep on trusting to keep on seeing the, the slow but steady growth that the Lord brings about. And as you say, to, to remember to abide with Jesus. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Surveyor podcast. If you have, why not share it with a friend? And also do subscribe in your favourite podcast app so you never miss another episode. We also love to hear from our listeners, so please do get in touch. Why not follow us on Instagram for news and more information about each episode? 
We're at Surveyor Podcast. Or drop us an email, uk.podcast at omfmail.com. There are links for those things in the show notes. We hope that you'll join us for the next episode. But for now, it's goodbye.